What's going on, guys? Welcome here to the Survivor Analyst Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Mims, and you better be ready, because this is the family visit episode that we have to recap here today. And join with me here, as always, to recap this episode, a guy who always enjoys second helpings of sand soup. It's Dustin King. What? Uh, I I was confused through all of that first off why were you singing better be ready and second why are you judging me for liking sand soup like it is because of that sand soup as a child that I've built up immunity and don't get sick very often okay so don't judge the sand soup okay don't just don't Ah, uh, yeah, the sand soup has played well into our profession here. <laughs> that was to get that immunity. I won't be mad about it if that is the case. <laughs> All right, so we do have the family visit, you know, and, and it was shocking to uh, see the family visit come so early. You can definitely tell that the uh, castaways or the survivors were, they were not expecting it for sure. Even Kim, when she got to see her uh, family, she was just like, yeah, none of us really expected to have the family visit this early. And I know I sure wasn't because, I mean, there's 10 people left in the game. That's 10 different families that you have to bring on. And I was definitely not expecting to see the family visit this early. Yeah, uh, it was kind of surprising. I mean, you'd sent that uh video that you found on youtube in the group message on snapchat um and so i obviously we knew about it a little bit ahead of time because of that um but yeah it was kind of surprising honestly um it was probably more surprising though that they let everybody actually like spend time with their family just more than you normally would i guess and like again, everybody, like even the people on the edge, it's kind of crazy. I uh, I was definitely tearing up watching it. I I did not cry, but I was I, I was on the urge. I uh, I could feel the tears, like just sitting behind my eyelids. It's like we're we're right here, Dustin. We're about to come out. You, you you're not gonna stop us. <laughs> and I did stop them, but they they were really right there this is always like an emotional episode uh so and i as i have grown as a person and learned to actually feel and interact with my emotions and not just cut them off this episode has uh become a lot more for me it's uh, a really good reminder to appreciate the ones around you even you know, obviously they're not like dead or anything in the show, but there could be times in life where you're not going to like be around the ones that you love as much as you want, especially like, you know, now with the, everybody supposed to be social distancing and all that, you know, appreciate the time that you have with the people that you love. So it, uh, it's always a nice reminder. Yeah, and it's it's good to especially for these players who are former winners. Survivor is something that really means a lot to them to see the reasons why they're playing. I think 
I think it was Jeremy that said like, you know, they're the reason why I, I almost didn't want to play. And they're also the reason why I'm here playing right now. And they're the reason why, you know, they're all fighting hard and they have to be cutthroat and they're playing this game as hard as they can is for, for them and their families and, uh, a better life. And a lot of them have already, you know, survivor has changed their life so much because they have won the game, you know, and Tyson, he said that he's able to, you know, stay at home with his daughters and be able to spend more time with them and stuff. And so, so you can really see how much survivors impacted their lives. And when you get to see their families come on, you get to see just how much it means to them, how much, uh, you know, their families mean to them and what, why they're out there fighting as hard as they can to win this game. I will say, <clears throat> Just something that I learned. I didn't know that Adam's mom had died. Like I obviously earlier in the season, like he talked about her a little bit and all that, but I didn't. I didn't know that it was like reminiscing about a, a loved one who passed away. So that that um, kind of adds a little bit more to Adam's story for me. I don't. I don't necessarily think he's gonna win the challenge to get back in or anything, but. I don't know, it kind of adds a little bit of a uh, more, another layer to the story that uh, makes me invested just a little bit more. Yeah, Adam's Adam's story with his mom is a lot more involved than, than just just that. It's, uh, if you ever, get, when, when, when you do, I'm going to say if, when you go back and watch Millennials vs. Gen X, You'll definitely see the whole storyline with Adam and his mom, and it's it's an incredible story. You can really see when he gets to get his visit from his dad, and that was something I was like, man, Adam just got voted out right before the family visit, and I I didn't know that they were going to let their family go to the edge of extinction and visit with them. Yeah, I was kind of upset because I figured that Adam would probably bring his dad in there to kind of help bring it around just like the title of the episode is to bring it full circle and uh his first journey was about him being away from his mom when she was sick and you know she he didn't really know if she was gonna be alive when he made it home or not and you know and and it was just for him to be able to spend that time on survivor with his dad and he's Adam's just a huge Survivor fan, and Survivor means a lot to him and his mom because I think they were so they were supposed to be on like a blood versus water season. Uh, yeah, so to him to get to spend that time with his dad, that was really uh, I was glad to see that, and I was kind of glad to see you know the Edge of Extinction people who have their winners and they've been through a lot on Edge of Extinction themselves, and for them to get to see their you know, for Amber and Rob to get to see their kids and Ethan to see his wife and Poverty gets to see John Fincher and their daughter. And it was I was glad that everybody got the chance to see their family. And it really uh, gets everybody in their mindset of like why they're here, why they're playing. And uh, it really a lot of times these family visits really spark they re-energize the players and it sparks the fire in them to be like, all right, I'm this close to this, the title of Soul Survivor and this $2 million. It's time to really start ratcheting it up and start playing because 
I realized I like I'm playing for my family and you know it really sparks the the fire inside them and it really starts up in the gameplay. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> like going through my mind and thinking about it that way, it was actually really smart. I think on their part to let the people on edge of extinction um, or on the edge, whatever, uh, see their family because maybe they were, you know, getting to the point where they were like, all right, I don't think I can do this anymore. Maybe it's time for me to go home or they're just feeling down and out and don't, you know, the challenge rolls around, they give it a go, but they're not really trying their best. But now that, um, like you said, they have seen their family again. It's kind of like a spark of, um, I guess some of them, right, you know, remembering what they're playing for, maybe, or just, you know, just knowing that you got to see somebody that you love, uh, can, can, uh, can really go a really long way, um, for motivation. It's like, okay. I am not by myself, you know, uh, sure I've been stuck on this island with, you know, some people that I'm kind of familiar with and maybe have hung out a little bit or in some people's cases, complete strangers and, you know, they start to feel lonely, uh, but then they see that or get to see their family and then, all right, it's time to get my head back in the game. I'm ready to play and it could, um, end up being a really bad, thing for the people who aren't on edge like who haven't who didn't experience the lows that the people on on edge have experienced and then for that like for that you know maybe the spark that they got was just a little bit bigger and is going to maybe turn into a wildfire and maybe you know cause them to be the ones to run through the game and get back in and uh win Family visit can be really impactful on the game. A lot of people, it'll either one, uh, get people so antsy to make big moves that they make the wrong moves, or they make some, put that fire in there and start making big moves enough to go all the way to the end of the game and win. And I thought it was pretty interesting. Do you have one, any particular family visits that were, that stood out to you? Probably. And again, this is going uh, into the, kind of the story that's been kind of built around Ethan uh, through the you know through the whole season and the whole cancer thing and all that. Not to make light of it or anything, but <clears throat> uh, probably him. I could imagine, right? You know, we've already seen a few episodes where he's he's failed at rock bottom, where he's like. I don't, you know, this could possibly cause the cancer to come back or, uh, you know, got into a really, really deep, dark place. And, you know, he's had, he, you know, poverty, you know, helped him come back from that and maybe other people there too. But I imagine, like, seeing his wife, you know, I, I feel like probably put him over the moon and, you know, helped him remember that yeah there's hope i don't have to be in a super dark place um so i would say ethan i have uh i think one that really stood out to me i have a couple of them but the tyson one when 
Rachel was kind of like holding back and Jeff kept telling her like, no, go on, go on, like join them. And she was just like, no, I just, you know, I, I'm enjoying just watching them too, you know, watching uh, Tyson and Bergen reunite. And I thought that was, thought that was really cool. And uh, Jeremy, we got to see Val come back and all his, his big family, his whole crew. Why did, um, why did Tyson, why did they only bring one of his kids Oh well, yeah, I seen it on Instagram today. He said that he uh he wasn't sh- number one, he said he wasn't sure. He thought that they were only going to be allowed to bring one kid anyways. They were trying to get the some paperwork and all uh, feel, filled out for Marlo. He couldn't get the the paperwork and the passports and all that. They couldn't get for her because uh they just they they really didn't think they thought they were only gonna be able to bring one kid with them and and then they decided well just uh just to bring bergen gotcha okay i was just curious especially since like in the preseason interviews he played it up like he was the one who came up with the idea to let the kids come I guess he he was the originator of the idea, and then once they allowed him to have you know, his kid come along, they were like, "Well, we can't just allow Tyson, you know, to have his kid on here without offering it to everybody else." And so, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm glad that at least uh, he was in the game when he got to see his family and stuff. Instead of, I mean, he would have got to see him either way, but still, uh, it's like that's a. It's a little bit better that he was at least in the game still when he got to see uh, Rachel and Bergen. I realized that with all the family visits, there was actually four returning players that we got to see uh, come back. Uh, one of them was Val, which was Jeremy's wife. Uh, she w- first competed with him in Blood versus Water. Um, and also um, Nadia, which was Natalie's twin sister. She was in... Uh, Blood versus Water, San Juan del Sur, uh, the second Blood versus Water. The first Blood versus Water was Rachel and Tyson, so uh, that's another former player that got we got to see. And then finally was uh, Poverty's husband, John Fincher. He was on Survivor Samoa, and I guess they met up afterwards and started dating and got married, and now they got a kid, so... It was kind of crazy that there's so many former survivors that came during the loved ones visit. Yeah, yeah. Just imagine if Amber hadn't played this season, she would have came along for the family visit for sure. Which I'm, I'm just saying that because that would have been another player. But to speak to your point, that there's apparently been a lot of relationships to come out of a survivor. All right. Um, is there anything else about these these family visits? Nothing, not that I can think of. I mean, must be nice to be a winner at war, uh, because they ain't they ain't gonna do that again anymore. Not not unless it's a super special season. Yeah, I kind of doubt they'll do it because they want to have that uh, competition, and I guess they were like, "There's no way we can have a competition when we got little kids out here, and you know." Ha- how are we going to make parents, you know, battle it out against each other to go see their kids? So <laughs> it's like, you, you can't do that. Right. <laughs> uh, they could have, but yeah, you know, you know. Uh, yeah, they could have. I mean, I'm, I mean, not to 
a not-so-light figure within the Survivor community for no reason, but there was a certain player last year whose um, kid came, and they still made him compete to try and see him. So, I mean, he was, I guess, in his maybe like a teenager, adolescence age, but still. Let's move. We got to talk about this crazy tribal council. This was a pretty good tribal council. This was, uh, we've seen advantages played. We've seen the safety without power played, the steal of vote. We had idol played. So we have a lot of things that were played. And then we had whispering and everybody getting up. And it was just a, a whole bunch of craziness. And in the end, we've seen. Landed on Tyson, he got voted out and sent back to Edge of Extinction. So he was voted out twice so far this season, and that, that sucks. I didn't want, I was really hoping that Kim would end up playing that idol for him, and uh, she ended up playing it for Denise, and that really, you know, they all ended up putting their votes on, well, not all of them put their votes on Tyson, but still enough of them to send him packing. Yeah. R.I.P. Tyson. I felt his um I felt his emotion as uh he walked past the little bequeathing booth and he gave them all the finger. <laughs> it was so funny. I like that. The bequeathing booth. I never heard that before. I, I that's what it's going to be called from now on, the bequeathing booth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Um <clears throat> so overall things are finally like starting to get to the point where they're entertaining. I'm like, yay, actual gameplay, you know? I mean, still, I still feel like people aren't, um, being as gung-ho as I would like about it, but, uh, it's, it's, it's slowly inching there and I'm very, very happy. Uh, like you said, Tyson got voted out, sucks for him. Kim, dude, I am like slowly but surely becoming much more impressed with Kim. Like I got like I think it was last week I said I was, I got Sophie and then Denise. Uh Kim uh, even though the plan didn't go through very well for her, um she's already proven that she can win challenges. She apparently she seems to be like the ringleader of that little um alliance that they got going on. Um I think she might slip into second place because like last night you were, you were thinking, you said you thought that they, after they discussed it was going to be Tyson. Uh, the whole time I was telling my brother, I was like, she should play the idol for herself because of how dangerous she looks right now. Um, so I legitimately thought it was going to be Kim that was going home or going to the edge that episode at that tribal council. Uh, so yeah, kudos to her. I think hopefully it doesn't, the overtness of how she's playing doesn't come back and bite her. Um, because at this point, I feel like she's my only chance of winning the draft. <laughs> um, yeah, I also back to Sophie. Um, she kind of overtly let herself be known as the shot caller. She's like, how about just us go over here and talk? <laughs> and I was like, what? You can't do that. You can't just, Oh, like they, those other, the people in the group that 
weren't a part of that alliance must have felt so disheartened, dude. Like, that would have sucked so bad. Like, never have I seen it so outwardly displayed of, like, being in the minority in a, in a, at a tribal council than it was last night whenever they, that group walked off and talked. Like, it was, it was so funny. Yeah, I thought that was a bold, bold move when she was like, all right, just, she was just like straight up, drew the line in the sand. She's like, all right, whatever. Us five, let's go over here, come up with a game plan and be done with it. And it was, it was like, wow. It was like the line's been drawn in the sand. It's, you know, it's clearly five against five. And I guess at that point, Jeremy had done left, but, um, yeah, that was a, a bold move by Sophie. And it's, I'm worried now that that move right there might have, uh, drew a lot of attention to her as being one of the top players. And when you do that, um, yeah, it's going to have a lot of attention, uh, put on her. And now she could be a target moving forward as somebody who could be a jury threat and somebody that needs to be taken out before, sooner before later, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And, like, before, like, last week, I was like, yeah, she's kind of under the radar driving the bus or driving the boat or whatever it was that Jeremy said. Um, uh, but now, like, since she did that, she definitely, I mean, there were already kind of whispers, right, this episode of wanting to break up her and uh, Sarah. I mean, she was the one that the other group was writing down. Like, people know. People know. And it is... She better find something. Right? She has an idol. So, hopefully she's smart enough to play that. Because, like, as much as I don't want her to win because she's not on the draft, my the people I drafted, I also want the person who, who I feel like has played the best game to win. And right now it's her. Uh, even if they do take her out, even if she does get voted out, I f- feel like I'm going to be like, yeah, Sophie is who I still feel like should have won coming to the end to the end of the season. Which, I mean, that's just probably just gonna how I'm gonna feel. So at the beginning of the tribal council, it became pretty clear that they were all gonna like Sophie's side were all gonna vote put their votes on Jeremy, and Jeremy was struggling whether or not to use his safety without power. And and ultimately, he decided that he was going to use it uh, just to be safe and to leave tribal council. But at the same time, that meant that he was he was ditching his his squad. And uh, it was then I mean, it was split even five versus five. And then when he left, it was five against four. And uh, do you what do you think about Jeremy's decision to use his uh, advantage? Um, It was stupid. He didn't need to. Uh, The very fact that he thought that he was going to be the one to go home uh, probably means that the people in his uh, group also thought that he was going to be the one to go home. And Kim had already made it plain as day that she was going to play her idol on, you know, somebody to keep their numbers strong. And he got cold feet. He backed out. He, they're other words that I want to use to describe how, uh, 
how I feel about his actions, but I won't use them because I don't want to use, <laughs> I try not to cuss. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, it was stupid. I don't, I, I get it. I, I do, right? You're playing for a million dollars. You're like, okay, I'm for sure safe right now. Uh, I don't have to worry about, you know, anything if I play this, or at least not, not on this night. I, I survive one more night. I can, you know, go into the next, uh, immunity challenge, possibly win. Uh, or maybe he's thinking like, okay, Kim's going to play her idol. That means there's going to be another idol put back probably at camp. I can go and search for that or something. So I get it. Um, I get, you know, get getting cold feet, but at the same time, I felt pretty confident that Kim was for sure going to play the idol for him. So there was no reason to burn bridges first off. Like he, Tyson, if Tyson doesn't get back in the game and Jeremy makes it to the end somehow, Tyson's not voting for Jeremy. That's what, that's one vote that he's already lost. And then, you know, you, you play a vote like that with, or a vote, a advantage like that with your numbers already tied and you really haven't done any big moves in the game, I feel like you just kind of put yourself out there to the jury that you're, you know, that you're struggling. You're just trying to survive. Um, you're, you're not really, you know, you're not driving anything because of your lack of big moves and it makes you look weak. I, I personally wouldn't vote for a weak player. You know, somebody who I thought really didn't put, deserve to win. I mean, especially somebody who would do that, who would walk out on his tribe uh, or his uh, his alliance for just because he was scared. So, I, yeah, I, I wasn't the biggest fan. I think Jeremy should have held on to that. I think there are circumstances where you can play that and not look weak. Like, if you're... If your, what's it called, is your alliance is down to like three people and there's no chance that you're winning that and your name is coming up. Okay. I'm sorry. You're just SOL. I'm not, you know, losing. But at a, at a junction like that where it's five, five V five, five V five with an idol most likely being played on you to, and then overthrowing the vote and then your, your little group then has the power. There's, there's, you know, you look weak. Uh, it, yeah, no, no, shouldn't have done it. <laughs> it's, it's tough because I feel like, like, I don't, I can't, because he knows his name's been thrown out there. And yeah, you're putting, you're putting a lot of faith in Kim playing that idol for you. What's, what's to not say that Kim is going to be like, well, screw these guys. I'm just going to keep the idol uh, this time, save it for myself, cut my losses with Jeremy, and just hold on to the idol for for the next tribal council, and then just keep keep on, and hopefully things can shake out my way. And I feel like maybe that's what Jeremy was thinking. He's thinking, you know, this game's so dynamic, and it changes from day to day that, you know, even though I may be in the minority now, at least I can survive this tribal council uh, guaranteed. And then, you know, I'll, you know, I'll just have to deal with uh, surviving later on. And, I, you know, there's so many changes and, and twists and dynamics that go on. Maybe I can work this into my favor. And when 
you're in a position where you, you know your name's been put out there and you don't know what other kind of advantages or or things that other people could have and we've seen in this tribal council it was like a showdown or like a standoff between jeremy and uh, sarah because they both like right before jeff says all right it, it is time to vote and they're like oh jeff and they both say it at the same time and it's like holy crap they both of them knew like it, it depends on who plays their advantage first on you know whether or not they're going to play theirs and eventually Jeremy ends up playing his vote first. He leaves, and that at that point, it's a five versus four. Do you think that Sarah still needed to steal a vote at that point, or do you think, hey, it's five against four? Why not? Um, just why did you even have to use to steal a vote at that point? Yeah, the only thing I can figure is they knew Kim had a idol. Uh, somebody knew Kim had an idol. And I don't know what word I'm looking for, but to kind of throw suspicion off of who they were really going to vote for, they decided to steal a vote from Denise to make it look like they were going to vote for Denise, but in actuality they weren't. So that one, they would, Kim would play the idol wrongly, and two, Kim would also use her idol and burn it. Um, And then subsequently, Right. As strong as a play as that would have looked, or, you know, that would have been if she got it right, if she would have played it for Tyson. Uh, now she just kind of, I won't say she looks like an idiot, because I do think her doing that was the best play that she possibly could have done. But it, you know, leaves her vulnerable, like I will say, um, and doesn't, doesn't, I don't, it doesn't hurt her game, but it, it didn't, it didn't make her look like, you know, a friggin' genius in front of the, in front of the jury. And maybe a little bit, you can say it made Sarah look a little bit smarter in front of the jury. Since she said Denise, I don't know whose idea it was. Um, it could have been Sophie's idea, but, uh, she said Denise and Kim picked Denise, and so she, as far as we know, technically, uh, is responsible for Kim, you know, using her idol and using it wrongly, and Kim not having an idol, and her not being as safe as she was before. Uh, personally, though, I wouldn't have used it. I think it was kind of, kind of a dumb play, which, especially, like, it would have been different, right, if... If Jeremy hadn't had played his his advantage before she played hers, so mm, I don't know. I I think she should have saved it. I don't really know in what other situation she would have played it, but it's better to have it than to not have it. Unless unless that was the absolute last tribal council that she was going to be able to use it at, then okay, go ahead, use it. Might as well. What I was thinking. I was thinking that um, I could see why they used it now because when when that first happened, I was like, "Oh, I see why they used the the steal a vote." It was because they wanted to make it look like they were stealing Denise's vote to vote her out, and then Kim would think like, "Oh, they must be voting Denise. Let me play my idol for her." And then they like, "Oh, psych, we're actually voting for Tyson." And then that way, Kim can't negate any of their votes. 
But I feel like they really blew an opportunity here for guaranteed safety either way if Kim played her idol or not because at that point it was five against four, right? And then uh, Sarah goes, oh, I want to steal Denise's vote. So now they have six votes against three people. And so all what they could have done was put three votes on Denise, three votes on Tyson, and then the rest of the, the other three could put their votes on any one of them, and then it would have just been a three-way tie. It would have been uh, like three votes Sophie, three votes Denise, and three votes uh, Tyson. And then even if Kim put her votes or put played her idol for Denise or Tyson, it still wouldn't have mattered because it would have been a three three tie you know what i'm saying and so that could have been a guarantee but instead of that happening it actually seems that when i looked at the votes there was five votes for tyson uh two votes for denise and then two votes for sophie and uh sarah when she stole denise's vote she used one vote to vote for denise and she used the other vote to vote for tyson Sophie voted for Denise, for Denise, so that was the two votes for Denise. Um, the two votes for Sophie were Kim and Tyson, which it was super shocking that Michelle, guess who she voted for? Tyson. She actually flipped on her own crew and voted Tyson. She was, she was that fifth vote for Tyson. Sarah, Nick, Tony, and Ben were the other four votes for Tyson. So if Kim had voted for or had played the idol for Tyson, uh, well, I guess it wouldn't have mattered because Michelle flipped, and then it would have been two votes Denise, and then uh, two votes Sophie, and then on the revote they would have just voted out Denise. But if Michelle would have voted for them, would voted still voted with them to get uh, for Sophie, then it would have been three votes Sophie, four votes Tyson, and only two votes Denise. If Kim had played her idol on Tyson, that would negated four votes, and then Denise would only have two, and then Sophie would have had three, and she would have been sent home. So they, I think it was uh, kind of smart for them to made it a three-three-three three, three tie. Yeah, because you know? that way, uh, whoever Kim plays her idol for, it's kind of negated because of the revote that's going to happen. So I felt like they blew an opportunity. They were vulnerable. If Kim had voted for Tyson, Sophie would have went home. Yeah, I know it. Ooh, that was close. I didn't even think about that. Holy crap. Also, Michelle, screw you. Go home, you freaking goat. You're not winning this season. <sighs> Why did she vote Tyson? I don't know. I didn't know. I, that, that really makes me angry. I really wish that they would show at the end of the episode who votes for who. Um... But they don't do that anymore, and I don't know why. Because like that, that information is you know very informative to you know the decisions that I can make during a you know a draft and uh, picking points and stuff like that. <laughs> that really made me angry. That really made me angry. Ah, uh, Michelle, Michelle, you're not you're not winning. You're you're just gonna be a goat. I mean. Hey, if you get third place, you enjoyed that third place money, honey. Hey, like, kudos to you, but you ain't winning. You ain't winning $2 million. At this point, uh, Michelle is a goat, 
And I think with his play last night, I mean, granted, there's more time and he can, he's still physical enough and I think is sociable enough to maybe flip this around. But I think Michelle and Jeremy are the two uh, leading goats right now. I'm I'm wondering about Ben. Why Ben? I don't even know if he has any. I know Ty or Tony hasn't had any votes against him, and I think I don't know if Ben has had any votes against him as well. He might have. He's never been a real target yet, and I don't know. It's it's crazy how he has kind of been able to go up under the radar so much, and how he hasn't become a threat. And I feel like in the eyes to in the eyes of everybody else he might seem like that person who oh he's a good person to take to the end because i don't know if he's going to get any votes or not i feel like to the people that are in the game that he might be viewed as one of those goats to be taken to the end as like a zero vote finalist personally i don't get that feeling from ben i mean granted and like we discussed this last week nobody's really made any real big moves um kill and sophie are my two front runners right now if any of them, okay, all right, hold on, hold on. I recant, I recant, I recant, because Tony is slowly making himself look very strong right now. Um, so Tony could also, I would, Sophie, then Kim, then Tony, and Sarah may be at a fourth place, but I'm kind of up in the air about that right now. Because she seems just kind of passive. She's like, oh, they they said my name? Okay. All right, I'll vote for them. You know, like Tony, I mean, they did say her name, but Tony kind of like has her under his thumb, I think, right now. Plus, she's also just going to look weak compared to Sophie because I would personally be like, well, she just kind of rode Sophie's coattails. Sophie made all the strong plays, at least from what we see on TV. So, yeah, I would, those are my top three, and I don't really think anybody else has played that great of a game so at this point there are what nine people left so i would call six of them possible goats right now and michelle a definite one so five of them possible goats and michelle a definite goat yeah i I don't uh yeah i definitely say sophie's a guaranteed like she's if she makes it to the end she's definitely going to be a contender to win it tony yeah he's kind of sneaking up there Denise maybe would have a a shot at it if she can make it there. Uh, right now, all she's got is getting Sandra out, and I mean that is big. Don't get me wrong, but as the other plays that these other people are making, like that's just kind of a novelty. Novelty. So, oh yeah, I got the queen out. What else do? Uh, uh, I hung on to a pole really tightly and won immunity one time. <laughs> and again, like we still got the rest of the season, but eh. it's all who can make it to the end and who can really successfully make their pitch to the jury of what the kind of moves they did. They one, they have to own their game. They can't they can't be in the end and try to say that they played a certain game that they really didn't play. They have to really own how they played the game they got to be able to make themselves the the driver like they were the ones that really drove the the narrative of the season and they're the ones that made the moves made the big moves and really uh 
show the jury that this is why I made this move. I did the best that could do here, and I deserve to be the sole survivor and the the next two time winner of Survivor. Yeah, I mean we'll see. Like right now, for me, like I said, Sophie Kim and uh, uh, Tony right now. So any of those three, like if all three of those somehow make it to the end, Sophie's winning right now. But if the other, you know, any one of those three make it to the end, they're they're winning. I think pretty easily right now. So, oh, one question. So Tyson went back to the edge. Do you think Tyson wins his way back into the game again? He could. I think he could. Yeah. Um, like even with Yule and Wendell and Rob out there and Natalie. I can't forget Natalie. Natalie's a beast. Well, he beat him once before, didn't he? Yeah, but it was like super close. And it also depends on if they can get, if he gets more fire tokens. If he gets more fire tokens and able to spend his money on uh, some peanut butter and stuff like that <laughs> and advantage, he'll be good. Okay, so one of the clear advantages to being on the edge of extinction, because there is at least one, right? We saw it with Chris Underwood winning, is that um, if you get the, if you win the second one, right, and there's not just a super baller person in the game left at that point, and even if there is and you manage to get them out, right, you manage to be a key piece of that person getting voted out, you got to spend, like, all that time with the jury and, you know, building relationships and uh, becoming better friends with those people than uh, probably most of the people who were left in the game got to spend with those people. Do you think that will be as a big of a factor of this season uh, as it was during the first Edge of Extinction uh, with... Um, Chris Underwood, and who the most recent people voted off, uh, it was Gavin, right? Pretty sure all those people voted for Gavin. Uh, but obviously Chris had the advantage of you know, spending time with all those people on the edge of extinction. Do you think that's going to be as big of a factor this season, or what? I think it will be... Uh, somewhat of a factor, and I th- I think one thing is that whoever does come back from the edge of extinction, even if they do come back at the final six or final five, I think they're probably going to be kind of like Tyson. It won't be long before they're sent back because number one, I think that the winners they know that they've had time to sit there and and, and be with the jury for this long. But I do feel like if they do somehow make it to the end in the finale, the, the I mean, these are winners. And I feel like a lot of them have stated that they're not that big of fans of the Edge of Extinction twist. And I feel like I think they're going to be less likely to vote for somebody who had come back from Edge of Extinction than somebody who has stayed in the game uh, the full time is what I think. So even if, right, even if the people who are left in the game are a Michelle and right now I think Jeremy's goat number two. So even if those two people are left in the game, you think they would still, they would vote for the weaker player just because they didn't get voted out at all? 
that's the only that's the only way that I see somebody from Edge of Extinction winning. But it, it would have to be like some straight up goats, like people they really don't want to see win the game. And even even then, it might be uh, they might just give it to the person or one of them that has been in the game the whole time, maybe. But I feel like that would probably be the only situation that somebody from edge of extinction comes back and win if they're sitting against two other people who are just downright people don't even respect their game at all okay okay i was just curious because i personally think that as much as like they may say that they don't like the twist those people got really sentimental out there and they got super close i think I think they're a lot more likely to vote for the person who they spend a lot more time with than they might want to let on if that person does. Again, I think there are enough enough of them out there who would respect game more than just spending a lot of time with the people. So if like a super strong player makes it to the end, like Sophie or um, Kim or I forgot his name. How did I forget Tony's name? Um, if Tony, if it's one of those three, then I could see it. But if it's anybody who played only an okay game, like if Ben somehow makes it, uh, I don't consider him, you know, bottom tier. I don't think he'll, by the end of it, I don't think he'll be a goat, but right now he's not really made a super strong showing. I think that they might still, might still vote for the person who they spent the most time with. I mean that that could happen. That could. I'm not. I'm not gonna say that it wouldn't. I mean that that could happen because, like you said, you do. You you make a good point that they they have made a pretty strong bond out there. I still kind of lean towards. I think that they would vote for somebody, and they would have to be sitting against two goats that they just don't like for them to vote somebody who's returned from the edge over somebody who stayed in the game the whole time let's uh let's talk about is there anything else from the edge or the tribal council you want to talk about before moving on to i want to talk about the immunity challenge next nope can't think of anything that immunity challenge it was definitely it was shocking because i definitely did not see tony winning that challenge of all challenges i definitely did not see and and this was tony's very first out of three seasons now, this was his first individual immunity win, and uh, even Tony himself was pretty shocked that you know this was a game of like patience. And Tony's definitely he's known to be erratic and crazy and wild, and to win a game where you have to be really patient and slow and really take your time, it was definitely shocking to see Tony take home the win. And also, we've seen that the immunity came with two fire tokens this time instead of just one so now they're really up in the ante for for people really wanting to win these challenges because now you're getting more and more fire tokens with uh these immunity wins and so i was surprised that this was tony's first uh, individual immunity win in three seasons i respect a, a person who wins the whole thing of survivor you know without Okay, without relying too heavily on individual immunity wins. I mean, obviously there are people who have won because of how dominant they are in the challenges and like nothing against them or anything, but it just like there's just something about 
the idea of a person not winning at an individual immunity and yet still having a strong enough social game and the you know making and being in the right spots at the right times to help make big plays and maybe come up with the big plays that uh just kind of sits sits in a good spot with me so that's that uh hearing that kind of made me respect Tony a little bit more than I already did well t- uh Tony in his first season he also had a whole bunch of idols too he had that one special idol that he could play after the votes were read so does that change anything for you being that you know you said you respect the game being being able not you know winning the game without win having to rely on like uh, immunity wins and stuff like that but he but on the other hand he also had a whole bunch of idols and that really special idol okay so the the special idol kind of tarnishes it okay uh but as far as hidden immunity idols go uh, you have to play them after the vote and you have to hope that you play them correctly or understand the game enough around you to play them correctly. So the hidden immunities, not so much, but the, the, the one after the vote. Yeah. A little bit. I did. Uh, I did thought it was kind of funny that Tony was, uh, he, he really, he kept on calling it his, uh, bulletproof vest, the, uh, immunity necklace and he was scared to death when jeff went or when uh jeremy went to go play his safety without power he was like oh crap uh that's not a immunity <laughs> yeah. necklace nullifier is it <laughs> and so jeremy kind of like yeah jeremy kind of like made him a little nervous about it because he was like well uh tony's over there acting like he's so safe with that necklace and like uh, yeah if i was tony i'd be thinking the same thing that he's making playing some kind of advantage that would nullify my immunity necklace that was that was hilarious i guess that about it you know we had the family visit the crazy tribal council tyson going home tony winning immunity it this was a a pretty good episode i it was probably one of the best uh for me for this season uh yeah so far as far as stuff like gameplay goes uh yeah this episode was definitely probably you know in combination with how crazy tribal council got and the family visits and the emotion of all that it definitely was uh, so far probably was the best episode for sure hands down which you know as far as uh gameplay goes isn't hasn't been super hard to beat but you know it's it's finally starting to get to the level of what i expect from a season of all winners yeah and that's what um nick said at uh tribal council because jeff asked him he was like yeah remember last time you were saying that it didn't seem like people were really wanting to play the game and then uh jeff asked him again and he's like now it's now it seems like we're really playing survivor now so and maybe things are going to start ratcheting up and things are going to get a little bit more uh cutthroat and and uh more gameplay and strategy is going to happen so i'm i'm excited to see how this is all going to shake out and we do have a a finale date that's going to be may 13th supposed to be a three-hour finale I think that's including like the reunion and stuff. So I wonder how how that's gonna work 
if all this is still going on at the time? Yeah, it's going to be like a virtual. I think it's going to be over Zoom or Skype or something like that. So. Okay, okay. Well, that kind of sucks, but that makes sense. I guess that's pretty much it for the episode. Let's do a, a quick update on the draft. And, yeah, we see Tyson going home, which is not too good for for Dustin there. That was his number one pick, and uh, he got him back from Edge of Extinction, but it wasn't long, and he got voted out. And so Dustin's down to Kim. Kim is his, his last person on his team. I'm so sad. Nobody picked Tyson to go home, <laughs> though, so nobody got any points, which is – I don't think anybody picked Tyson. Okay. All right, good. So, no, like, that tribal council came in, like, at us all – from left field like i did not think tyson was going home this episode or going back to the edge this episode yeah i didn't either i i I put my first points on i thought denise was the most likely to go home because i i was thinking if anything sophie's got the idol kim's got an idol sarah's got the steal of vote jeremy he could peace out and i think i was like who does that leave in the minority i was like that's going to leave Denise. She's going to be vulnerable. And I, I really didn't think about Tyson. I put I put Denise as my number one, Tony as number two. And then my third one, I was thinking I was, it was split between Ben and Tyson. And I ended up uh, voting for Ben over Tyson. But it was a close one between those two. No one got any points for uh, the, the, the points standing still stay the same. I got 10 points. Uh, Nicholas, he's got seven. Chelsea's got four. Dustin's got three. So that's the current standings as far as the points. And so that does it for the draft. I mean, at some point, we're eventually, the odds are going to be in our favor that at least one of the three people we pick are going to be sent home. I think now that there's nine people, we got a one in three chance of picking the person that goes home. So. Uh, maybe we'll start getting more and more points, actually. Because I think last season, we we had way more points at at this point than than what we do now. And we even started a few weeks in. Yeah, I, um, again, like, I think that speaks personally, right? I think I'm relatively good at reading with the stuff that's going to go down on Survivor. I mean, granted... Like production also lies, and I can appreciate that. Um, and but I, I, not to toot my own horn, but I think generally I have a good idea of how people stand, and you know can at least make sense of the if the person I pick number one doesn't go home, why the person who did go home would went, you know. But this season, it, it's just. Like I've said at the beginning, none of the votes so far have really made a whole lot of logical sense to me. So uh, I'm going to blame them and not the fact that uh, I'm just doing a bad job at picking. Okay. (laughs) But I'm actually hoping, though, because I, for a good minute, I'm pretty sure if I'm remembering right, I was in... I wasn't doing so hot uh, coming towards this part of the season uh, last time we did the draft, but 
uh, as the numbers got smaller, uh, I could kind of get a good view of how things were going to go. Um, and then I made my comeback and got second place last time. But uh, I don't know. We'll see. I'm really, really hoping that with this smaller number of people uh, that I can I can grab some points. Because I am doing terrible right now. Only three points. Only three points. And I'm pretty sure that's from like a one-point gain the very first time and then a two-point gain. So I haven't even picked one time the correct person to go home like for my number one pick just (sighs) yeah you're you're down but you're not out yet you still got kim and you know kim she's a good player you never know if she makes it to the end she's got a good shot at winning this thing so uh and uh as far as me i got ben and and jeremy so I'm just I'm 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 uh voting for the points at this time. That's 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 my only hope. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you're right. Honestly, I feel like yeah, it's Nicholas has the best shot right now at uh, being overall winner. Yeah, I think so too. I think he's got a pretty good team, and Chelsea, she's got a pretty good team too. So I wouldn't sleep on Chelsea. Who does who's left that she has? Who does she have left? I think she has she has Denise, I know. She has oh, Michelle yeah. and she has one other person left and I can't remember who that is. Alright, so I have Kim. Nicholas has Tony, Sarah, and Sophie. You have Jeremy and Ben. Who does that leave? Michelle and Denise. Nick. Nick, that's it. She has yep. Den. Yeah, she has Denise, Michelle, and Nick. And Nicholas has Sarah, Tony, and Sophie left in the game. Yeah, those two are looking pretty good. And we're 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 not looking too good to be the survivor analyst of the group. <laughs> it's fine. Nobody listens this far into the into the podcast anyways, probably. <laughs> Alright, I okay, that'll do it for the, the draft. Let's uh be sure uh, to get your your tweet tweet at us. Follow us on Twitter at Analyst Podcast, not Survivor Analyst or Survivor Podcast or whatever I said last time. <laughs> but it's at Analyst Podcast. Uh, tweet us and uh, follow us and and give us your feedback. You can also leave us a voice message through Anchor in the episode description. Just click the link and you can record your message and send it to us. We'll play it and answer your feedback. We would love to hear from you. And um, I guess the next time you'll hear from us will be after episode 11 of Survivor 40 Winners at War. And uh, we'll be there to recap it all. And uh, I'm excited to talk about it. We will see you then. Uh, This has been Josh Mims and Dustin King for the Survivor Analyst Podcast. And we will see you next time. Later. DK Chilling. I don't know why I did that. Bye.